Well, the Summer League period is done and dusted, and we are not too far away from NBL 24 getting underway. September 28, the opening game of the season. It is just around the corner, and most teams have now got their rosters sorted out as well. A few holes still to fill, but a great chance for us to get around the round table here on the Marketplace and have a look as it stands right now. I'm Jack Heverin. I have three of the sharpest basketball brains in Australia alongside me, in no particular order. I'll start with the former coach of the South East Melbourne Phoenix, Simon Mitchell. Simon, welcome. Yeah, thanks for having me, Jack. First edition on the Marketplace for you. Yeah, no, I've crossed the dark side and, you know, see how we roll. <laughs> Liam Santa Maria, number one analyst in this country and now the general manager of the Next Stars program where basically they're jumping out of trees to join the Next Star program. Liam, welcome back. Thanks, mate. No, good to be back, enjoying these these new digs mm. and uh, getting back into the swing of things with you fellas. And we found a bloke out the front that we thought, oh, maybe he might add something to the conversation yeah. as well. Here's the goat, Andrew mm. Gaze. Drewy? <laughs> I appreciate it. Really looking forward to this uh, conversation because we know Liam, he's sort of gone to the next level and um, <laughs> just the security guards and the just, uh, you blokes just, I'm on the phone, step back. I've got more important <laughs> issues before we get started. And then of course, the, the new fella on the block, very interested to see what Simon's got to say, whether he's willing to embrace uh, the the full on uh, feedback that sometimes that from a coaching perspective you don't always appreciate, but from a media perspective we need to hear it. So really keen to know how strong the uh, the, the the former head coach of the Phoenix. I've got been. a lot of feedback coming, Drew. <laughs> I feel like and not for players, I assume. I feel like he's been sitting on a few things while he's been coaching. And now uh, Liam wearing the black cap just so that he can walk down the street these days. He's that that famous and that popular. Hey, we're going to dive into each team, team by team. Of course, you can give us your thoughts on social media, at NBL on Twitter, on Instagram, on TikTok, on every single thing else. Uh, I think it's only fair, Liam, that we start with the Sydney Kings. They are the two-time champions. Um, this roster looks pretty different, but it looks pretty damn good too. Very different. And uh, I think they've done it again here in the offseason, like a bunch of really, really good signings. Chris Pongrass, Paul Smith, the ownership group, um, new coach in place, of course, with, of course, with coach uh, Abdel Fattah, but they just know how to take their time, do the due diligence, and then sign the right guys. Now, there's some, some things we need to wait and see about, you know, how does a guy like Denzel Valentine translate to our league? What does Jonah Bolden look like after mm -hmm. a couple of years outside of the game? But to get Jalen Adams, the former MVP, back, uh, and to put the pieces in place, give give a runway to some young guys to maybe step up into some bigger roles as well. I am really, really impressed with what they've put together. Simon, at first glance on this depth chart, is there a weakness anywhere? Oh, look, it's hard to find right now, um, especially on paper. No, they've done a magnificent job. Uh, I guess, and we'll go into it a little further, but, you know, we, we, want, we, we can't wait to see where Jonah Bolden's at with his basketball, obviously having a bit of a vacation from the game as he was exploring the cryptocurrency world. And um, yeah, look, it's I, gone a little quiet. I, I think they've done a really good job retooling. And what I really like about this team is that they've got a platform, a blueprint of how they want to do their basketball. And they've gone like for like. Now, with the DJ Hogg and then say maybe as A.B. Cooks, they're not exactly the same, but they bring a similar skill set, uh, similar presence on the court. And obviously bring back the MVP and a guy like Denzel Valentine in the team. It's going to be loaded up. 
What should our expectations be, Drewy, on Jonah Bolden? At, at his best, his ability speaks for itself, but mm. it's been a while since he's played competitive basketball. What well, is? And uh, I think from an Australian perspective, you go back four years, in fact, when he was part of the Australian team, perhaps didn't have a role that he was all that comfortable with and decided to, to leave. Uh, there was a maturing process that needed to take place, I think. And whether that time away from the game, that he has matured a little bit, understanding that it's a different set of circumstances now that he's coming into in the NBL with the Sydney Kings, the defending champs, all those things uh, makes a big question mark. But the other thing is, this game ain't that easy. This is a tough, tough game to play. And when you have that much time away from the game, how long it takes... For, for Jonah to get back into it is going to be a, a big part of the question. And I think that you, the fans should have modest expectations because mm. uh, maybe in a, a year or two, absolutely, there is no doubting the man's talent. He was on an NBA roster, a great athlete, uh, can can help a team in so many different ways. But it is, it's not that easy mm. when you take that much time away from it. So that's a, a real big question mark. And if you had asked me about the Sydney Kings three weeks ago, I would have thought, oh, geez, I'm not so sure. Mm. But all of a sudden, Jalen Adams jumps in the equation. Denzel Valentine is there. And, of course, uh, they signed DJ Hogg a little while ago. It just goes to show that there is th there is a lot of Australian talent that you can lean on and, and recruit, and you're going to be okay. But the Kings, that to me, they've tipped it over the edge with those three signings in particular, that they look like they've put together another – uh, another unit that's going to contend for the title. I think one of the things that helps to roll the dice on Jonah Bolden and, and his situation is that you've got Geordie Hunter, Absolutely. who is arguably the best backup center in the league. Now, when Joe Luala Chul's healthy and you've got Ariel Hook-Porty ready to go, maybe he gets in that conversation. But I think the fact that Hunter is there and that he's going to be able to, if it takes Bolden a hot little minute, to get maybe half the season, maybe three quarters of the season, You've got a really solid guy in Hunter uh, ready to play big minutes. And I think you could say that about their whole, uh, you know, second unit. You know, Kawat, Noy, whether that's Ang uh, Alex Tui or Jalen Galloway at the three spot, Angus Glover, Sean Bruce, just really solid, a lot of experience, championship winning experience there, ready to go in and, and play backup minutes. So the, 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 the thing about them is that, we haven't spoken about just yet is you've got a first time coach coming in and Chase Buford did it and did it magnificently. Mm. But if you go back to Chase's first month in the season, it was not pretty for him. Mm. Now they turn it around because they had a, a superstar in Jalen Adams who's back with them, but it does take a, a coach a little while to understand the, the officiating, the tempo, the style of play, the culture of the game. And that's going to be another big question mark when you talk about this team uh, with a coach that's never, never, I don't even know if he's ever stepped foot in the country. Uh, now, mm. I'm sure he does his research, he'll look at the league, and uh, it's like you mentioned, Liam, it is a model that they have found success with, mm. with and they're trying to replicate that, I, I assume, with what they had with Chase. Simon, when the ball goes up in the air for round one and they take on the Illawarra Hawks on, on the Saturday of round one in their season opener, who's starting at five, Jonah Bolden or Jordan Hunter? Yeah, I think we'll probably know a little more after a couple of preseason games, <laughs> but I'm, I'm with, with these guys in the sense that I, I don't have huge expectations on Jonah early in the season. Um, even going back to when he was on the Boomer squad and in the NBA and Europe prior to that, he was a developing player. Going back to college, you know, he was an athlete playing basketball and he was learning the ropes and coming along and maturing. And then he 
left the game. So um, if, he, if it's going to take him a little while just to get to that stage, and I don't think that stage was ready to come into the NBL and dominate. Mm. You know, athletically, yes, he's going to be one of the best um, athletes at his position. Um, but from a skill standpoint, I think there's going to be, okay, let that come in time. And I think Sydney King have taken a low risk um, punt on him yep. because they've got Jordan Hunter. Yeah. And it wouldn't surprise me to see Jordy maybe man the five spot early in the season, mm. but we'll just see, you know, it's a new coach, new system. Um, I dare say they might be up and down the floor a little bit and Jonah certainly will be uh, suited to that style. You talk about the new coach. I reckon they've found something that just really works for them in the way that they want to play. They did it with Will Weaver. They had the Adam Ford period of time, but then obviously back-to-back championships with Chase Buford. They go into the market and they say, we want to play fast-paced because we want to. that's how we want to recruit players to say we play up-tempo like the NBA. Uh, it's what our fans want to watch is that style of play. Mm. And we go to into the G League and find a guy who has – developed players, worked with guys that are coming in and trying to go up, but at the same time managed to win games. Yep. So that's what they did with Will Weaver, Chase Buford, and now they've got with Abdel Fattah is a guy who in that type of environment was able to actually create team success. I think it was a terrific hire. Last one on the Kings. that They've got an embarrassment of riches when it comes to young Australian players as well with potential. Their DPs have all got a, a stack of talent that we'll see across the season as well. Who gets the starting spot at small forward? Is this Jalen Galloway's position after being there for a couple of years? Or is this boy wonder Alex Tui coming in as the next star? Maybe Simon can answer yeah, this Yeah, I'm looking at Liam and saying he may not be able to give the most objective answer right at the moment. <laughs> I'll try. But, but I'll speak on his behalf and I'm going to go with Alex Tui. Um, and I, I say that with a little trepidation because I thought Jalen Galloway in the playoffs last year mm. when he came on the floor was amazing. There was very, very little let up from a defensive standpoint. I thought he made huge inroads from that standpoint. Um, but when he was on the floor, he seemed to find Cam Glidden a little bit and was really aggressive at trying to get his feet in the paint. And I thought I saw that level of confidence in him just climb up a step, which we may see develop even further in the preseason, which may get him a starting spot. But we're talking about a pretty special kid in the mm. decommit from Gonzaga. Um, Alex Tui is legit. And uh, his ability to get on the rack, which is Sydney love to do, mm. um, is going to be really welcome in that environment. Um, I think they've got enough talent to surround him and maybe absorb some of his rookie learnings. So with that starting group, I'm feeling like he would be very comfortable. Yeah, I, 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 who knows? And I think I actually think they probably don't know right now. Mm. They're going to go through the preseason and try and figure that out. And you look at these combinations that you can put out there, and I, I'm also looking at from a defensive standpoint. Uh, you know, you've listed for our as a starting point: Bolden, Hull, Galloway, Valentine, Adams, and and it's certainly got some up tempo it's got a lot to like about it but uh, these days sometimes we get too caught up in the position and you don't have to stretch your imagination all that far you need to stretch it but not all that far to think of how someone like Glover who who has been fantastic playing for Eltham in the NBL one he is lights out shooter uh, and when you've got Adams out there and they can share some point guard responsibilities and do things a little bit differently, uh, if it's not for Angus Glover, the Sydney Kings probably don't have a championship. Uh, mm-hmm. In that game five, 100%. He, he's there Ooh. and he seven points down with, what is it, four or five minutes to go. He almost single-handedly won them that game five. Yep. And throughout the course of the entire series, he was special. So 
I also you can Derek Walton Jr. just uh, ended the chat. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> hold on. Uh, of course. Okay. I, 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 Sorry, then, Derek. Yeah. No, I'll speak to the big fella. No, no. And without that being there, clearly, but you're talking about moments that where people step up, and and he had some huge moments in a number of games, and he, again, quite noy. Uh, you could make a case for that as well, mm. depending on how it is with Valentine. You, if I. I I've seen Denzel Valentine with Michigan, I think it was, and then Michigan State. 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 Yeah. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. Well, how could I miss me? Michigan. I have nightmares thinking Michigan. Uh, but Michigan. Bring that up later. Michigan State. But and I've seen glimpses of him a little bit in, yeah. in the NBA. But I re I really don't know enough about him. What he's going to uh, provide at both ends of the floor and trying to find that mix. But either way, and we're talking about starters. They're going to have an eight or nine man rotation. Oh. They're all going to see significant minutes, and they're all going to be they're all going to be required to play well for them to win a title. I think the one thing that sticks out for me with this team, and we're talking about Denzel Washington, who's almost going to throw Denzel it. Valentine. Sorry, Denzel Denzel Valentine. Washington would Whoa, be very there. Funny we go, right, Coach Carter. Yeah, <laughs> little over but, the budget. But, but what I'm going to say is that, and this may be stretching a little further, too far, but he's got some Scotty Pippen like. Skill sets now, not athletically, mm. but from a ball handling point forward role that he played at Michigan State his senior year, um, he's really excelled in that role. Jalen Adams is a guy who played really well uh, next to another Frank Mason at Wisconsin, who was a ball handler. Yeah. So it gives him the opportunity to play off the ball. Uh, we saw last year DJ Hogg can lead the break. Jalen Galloway, we've got guys, if they get the rebound, they're going. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be high-octane stuff we're going to see out of the Sydney Kings. The Tasmania Jack Jumpers have made the playoffs in their two years in existence here in the Hungry Jacks NBL. The challenge for them is to stay up there while everyone else is improving. The obvious starting point for them, Drew, was Milton Doyle. They made yeah. him a priority that he returned. It might have taken a little while longer than perhaps what they would have liked, mm. but they've got their main ba man back. Oh, my word, they have. And the, the last two years, I haven't had it in the preseason as being uh, in that top four. Uh, this year I do because they have done an outstanding job with what the team they've been able to put together. And they're not going to go under the radar this year because of the success they've had with a superstar like Milton Doyle. I think Marcus Lee is a fantastic pickup for them. Mm. We saw what he could do with that, the, the, uh, the, the latter stages there with uh, when he played at Melbourne. Uh, I don't, Jordan Crawford. Now this is going to be an interesting one because we've got a, what, how big is he? Like, I know he's, 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 a, he's little, he's five, six, he's, he's five, six. Bobby in Lock shoes. Him up. Bo Bobby Lock style. Uh, now if he can come out and get fitty like Bobby Lock did back in the day in his first game, he's going to get respect. But everything I hear about him, I see the highlights. I've watched a little bit of vision of him uh, playing overseas. Yep. And he is going to provide some excitement. And he's going to provide a handful uh, for, for how you're going to guard him. Now, when you, you, you've got challenges down the other end of the floor, uh, so how they deal with him. But when you look at their potential starters, the depth they've got, I think Sean McDonald is a piece that, that if he, he's on a trajectory, if he continues to grow mm. from what he's done in the last couple of seasons at the Jack Jumpers, he is going to be a very significant impact player uh, with this team. And I think Majuk Deng is a, a good pickup, a really good pickup for him that's an experienced guy. So I really like this team. Will Magne, now you guys are telling me that it's unlikely that he might play at all this season. Ooh, well. Now, to me, that that may throw a spanner in the works. Um, but if he can get a, 
a decent chunk of the season. Maybe we don't need him the entire season. You can camouflage your roster enough to to, to um, play without him, and I think that's where Marcus Lee comes into it. They've got some undersized bigs with uh, Chris Levick that, that, that has done that before. They can play some funky lineups. Uh, but ultimately, this is Scott Roth. He's very methodical the way he goes about it. His style of play is clearly identifiable. And provided all these guys buy in and Jordan Crawford can buy into the system, then uh, I think that there's a lot to like about the Tasmanian Jack Jumpers. Here's the thing about the Jack Jumpers for me. They've got incredible stability and continuity. Go back to when they first came into the league and they were entering free agency and they were throwing three-year deals around like they were Oprah mm. Winfrey giving away cars <laughs> wow. to a studio audience. And I was, I'll put my hand up. I said, I'm not so sure about this. You yeah. know, you're, you're signing guys yeah. to long-term deals that aren't going to be sort of stars in the league. And I was wrong. They were right. It has set them up for great success. They've got great continuity with guys like Clint Steindl and Fabian Krizlovic and, you know, even guys like Jared Bairstow who aren't going to be playing a lot, but on the day-to-day help to establish their culture. I think over the course of the off-season here, they've gotten better. Really? They've gotten better from what they were last year. Mm-hmm. Now, Jordan Crawford is the big unknown. We know what Marcus Lee's going to bring, and I think he's he's a savvy pickup as well. But um, I think they've gotten better as a whole. The, a lot of other teams have as well, so where does that lead them? But you just know how they're going to play. You know what they're going to deliver on a nightly basis under Scott Roth. And I'm not going to make the same mistake I've made the last couple of years mm. sleeping on this team. Mm. What do you think, Simon, yeah, when you look a, at this it's, team? It's an interesting team. And um, I think a lot depends on Jordan Crawford and, and, and how he fits into this team. Now, he's definitely going to fill it up. Um, last year in Turkey, he averaged just a shade under 20 a game. Uh, and he's an excitement machine. He's fun to watch. He's got a lot of handle. Um, great in pick and roll, um, which you know they had a little bit in, in uh, Majet, but I think he's a little bit more potent from a, a scoring standpoint. Now, I went through his history, and, and I've watched Jordan a little bit in the past. Um, his agent a couple of years ago was was was, was um, trying to send him our way. I think I might have been at Melbourne United at the time. Um, he's only had one winning season as a pro. Stand by. Here yeah. comes his first bomb. Yeah, no, he's only had one winning season as a pro. Mm. And of uh, going through his career, and you know, I always say your point guard, your job description is go win games. Um, he's significantly under 500 as a pro. Um, and only had one season in college where he even made 500. Mm. So, and looking through his numbers, his offensive efficiency has always been superseded by his defensive inefficiency. So, does he fit the the, the traditional mould of what we think of Tasmania as being that defensive gut-busting mm. yeah. sort of team? Um, the physicality and all those things. I'm not sure this is the Tasmanian team that we've seen in the past. You know, even, even with a guy like Anthony Drimmick coming in, yeah, he's going to bring all the fire and brimstone and they're going to love him down there in Tassie. Mm. But from a defensive standpoint, is he as strong as what they've had? Um, Jack McVeigh, we know, has his limitations there. Jock Deng, we know, has his limitations there. Um, well, I really like the signing of Marcus Lee. I really think, you know, he is a guy who can clean up the mistakes that are taken in front of him. And uh, so I think they've got a little bit of a get-out-of-jail-free card there, which they would have missed with Magne on the sideline. Mm. So... Look, I'm really excited. You know, they've got a master coach in Scott Roth. He's going to figure it out a whole lot better than the four of us do. Um, and I think they're going to be real. I think they'll be on the trajectory for the playoffs. 
one of the things I'll say about Jordan Crawford defensively is if, if you are going to come into the NBL at that size, uh, this is probably the type of team to come into. Yes, they've been strong and physical and, and have hung their hat on their defense, but they get after it. Yep. 94 feet and they run and they trap and then they hustle and recover. So if he's going to bring that kind of endeavor, which you need to do if you're five, six and you're out on the floor at this kind of level, this is a good defensive system, I think, for you to come into. So last one on the jack jumpers and to your point, Simon, are they going to look differently with the way they play? Because in the first two years, as you mentioned, their trademark has been low scoring, dour defensive games, will they be a little more offensively minded? Well, the low, the low scoring has also got to do with the pace of play in which they play it as well. Uh, offensively, they, can, they, they pick and choose their times and they've got, they're very methodical about the way they go about it. So I think just to look at the score and because the teams aren't scoring that much against them, a lot of it's to do with that you don't get as many opportunities against them. So that's a big part of it. Uh, and as I think we've all pretty much said the same thing, the question mark is, is what they do on the defensive end. Uh, but, but there's still a depth of talent that you, that you have here that it's, you can't ignore. You know, I'm, I'm by the sound of things, I'm more high on what Jack McVeigh you might've, what he did last season, mm. uh, the, the culture, the shooting, although the, the energy, the effort that can help compensate for some of those smaller deficiencies that you might have with other individuals that step into it. But there's, that's an up Jordan Crawford. And I think it's a really good point. What Simon makes you, you can't ignore that fact. You can't ignore. It's not just a small sample size. It's a large sample size that Simon was referring to. Uh, but that can be just circumstance coincidence. It can be absolutely, but, but you, 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 it's certainly something that coach you, you're going to look at and just there's you're going to be a little concerned. Is it the size that's the issue? He can get his, but can others? Can he get his and still winning? But notwithstanding that, and having seen some games and seeing the highlights, it's still to me an upgrade. It's still an upgrade on what they had, and and I say that without too much disrespect for Majet at all. <laughs> yeah, but, just a hint. But there is a hint of disrespect. Just a hint. But not. Hopefully not a real sort of gut punch <laughs> type, you're no good, because he got his team he... to a championship series yeah. and the final, which mm. is not easy in this league. Yeah. Maybe a little underrated, Majet, what he did for this Tasmanian team over two seasons. Now, last year, he had stretches where he was out and Sean McDonald played a big, big role in his absence. But just as being that Scott Roth extension on the floor... As the guy we talk about their mm. their pace of play, games with the jack jumpers involved were generally played on their terms over over the course of these last two seasons, and we give Scott Roth a lot of that credit, and I'm not sure we give Josh Bajet quite enough. You know, as a point guard, yeah, knowing, sure. all right, I'm the extension on the floor of the coach. He wants to control the tempo. He wants the ball to get through hands. After that first month of that first season when Majette and Adams just started jacking things up and he made the adjustment, I thought he was really good for this mm. team. So the Adelaide 36ers, had we have recorded this show maybe a fortnight ago, I wonder how different this conversation would be because in the last couple of weeks, as we go to record today, there is no Robert Franks in this team anymore. He's taken an opportunity elsewhere. And the shock news, I think, last week was that Antonius Cleveland has taken opportunity elsewhere as well. Um, 
Liam, I'll start with you. They're, mm. they're two pretty significant holes in this depth chart right Ooh, now. Yeah, huge, huge pieces. Um, and they're a package deal, essentially. Yeah. Same agent, came to Adelaide together and um, have almost essentially left together. Uh, and they're going to miss those guys. You know, like Franks was an important piece. And, uh, you know, Antonius Cleveland's the reigning defensive player of the year. Well, for whatever you feel about how that award went last season, an elite piece at the defensive end and a guy who could really change games. So huge outs. And it leaves them in a state with their roster where I find it hard to evaluate them because I don't really know what this team is at this point. There's, there's a lot still to do in key spots with key players that are going to define what this group is and, and becomes. Now, they've got some nice pieces to be able to move around in Mitch McCarron and Sunday Detch and Jason Kadid, Nick Marshall, these type of guys. But how they replace Franks and Cleveland, I think, is really going to determine what this squad looks like in the end. Simon, the uh, the import spots that are there to fill are going to be pretty damn important now for CJ Bruton, aren't they? Uh, yeah, this is huge. And, and I'm with Liam a little bit. It's like, I, I don't know what to make of the roster right at this point. However, what I do like is the, some of the mentality they've brought in. You know, Jacob Wiley is going to play with energy. He's going to play with venom. He's going to play. He's going to bring his teammates and the crowd into the game. Um, I'm not sure they had that last year um, at that position. So Rob Franks was a very talented player, um, but him leaving the club I think is going to be a good thing for Adelaide. Uh, I think Jacob Wiley, whilst maybe – wouldn't be my personal uh, replacement sure. from a skill set standpoint. I think from a cultural standpoint, he's going to come in because he's a great A guy. He's got great energy about him. Um, he's got a tremendous story as how he became a professional. And uh, I, I think he's going to be a, a real locker room leader for them. Now, these imports that are missing. Now, they, they, I think the move, if they move Mitch McCarron to the two, I think it's a good thing for them. I mean, the... I'm a little concerned about what they have in that backcourt in regards to perimeter shooting. Mm. Now, they weren't strong from the perimeter last year, mm. but uh, Sunday Detch had a, a bit of a, a, a an improved three-point shooting season, but he's only ever been at 33% at best mm. um, from behind the arc. Mitch McCarron shot an anemic 18% last year. Yeesh. And it took about round 11 before we saw one drop. Um, and Jason Gaddee, whilst he had some great moments, um, he still only shot the ball at 27% from behind the arc. So... When you've got Jacob Wiley, who doesn't shoot the ball from behind the arc at all, and Isaac Humphreys, who's at best a little bit proficient from that distance, there's not a lot shooting going on in that starting five. So I think from an import standpoint, we're going to have to need some, see some firepower from behind the arc. So, Drew, if, you, if you're Adelaide right now and you're out there shopping, mm. what type of player, from the, or players, I should say, plural, for the mm. import spots are you looking for? Well, I think you've really got to... Um You'd have to dig into CJ and what he's thinking in regards to what he's going to do with Mitch. And when you think of Mitch, Sunday, and Jason, uh, if you're going to bring in a, an impact guard that needs the ball in their hands a lot, you need to have some conversations with some of these guys about what your, how your role is going to look. And provided they're all in, I think they do need that. I think they need uh, that, that presence like Simon was talking about. Uh, in that area. The other big thing is is how confident are you that Isaac Humphreys is going to be able to hold up? Mm. His, his history with his injuries is not great. Uh, so that's going to be a big one. And, and if you take him out of it, well, how do you look in that five spot, that big man, and you think of some of the, the players that you've got to play against, you know, Jacob can 
can help out. He can bang. He's a terrific athlete. But you're going to need more. You need more depth in that department. So uh, if if I was guessing here, I'm thinking you're looking at a guard that can score and that can shoot in particular, and you, you're looking to, to, to get some help in the big man department. But you bring in another big man, that doesn't necessarily mean that you found the answer to how you, you're going to look with your starters. Sure. Are you going to start Isaac? Is Isaac where is he at with his career and what, what he's looking to get out of uh, the season himself as well? So there's a lot, a lot of uncertainty about the Adelaide 36ers. Mm. And until you get a better picture of what direction they go with those two, two import spots, it's um, it's a little hard to tell. They are, they are a mystery right now. There's some nice pieces in there that you can – you can, if you want to see the glass half full, there's some nice pieces there, but mm. there is going to be some challenges and some conversations with players that you're going to have to have depending on who those people are you're bringing in. I reckon when push comes to shove and we get to opening night, I reckon Jacob Wiley is the starter at the five. Really? I reckon Isaac Humphreys is coming off the bench. I, I'm expecting an import point guard and an import power forward. And then what do you do at small forward? Let's see. Maybe that's maybe that's Sunday Detch. Maybe that's maybe that's an extra. Those conversations are still happening with the Adelaide. Oh, you got Hello. an exclusive oh, hang, on. hang on. <laughs> hang on. Maybe maybe they can bring someone else in using another lever within the roster type of setup. Who would be the next star that would, would fit that bill? At someone who could play on the wing, mm. knock down some shots, mm. get things done at both ends right. of the floor is is kind of the blueprint. Right. I would have thought. But then the other thing is, don't sleep on Nick Marshall. Because Nick Marshall is going to be a star of this league at some point. He's a now, bucket. Is that next year? I think we're going to see some further steps in that regard. When I was in the States this time last year ahead of Adelaide beating the Phoenix Suns, they played overtime elite in a warm-up game. Mm. The Thompson Twins, who were just top five picks in the draft. Mm. Uh, Ethan Almanza, Alexander Saar, a team loaded with young talent. That game became the Nick Marshall show. Yeah. He had 20 <clears throat> points, 10 rebounds. He couldn't miss in the fourth quarter. And it was, to me, a window into the future of what this kid's going to be at the NBL level. So think there's some young kind of Nathan Sobey vibes where he's a star ready to blow up mm. at some point. So th as you said, some nice pieces, but some key inclusions, I think, still to come. The thing about Nick Marshall, and, and this is for if there's any of the – those on the fringe that are out there, what he's done, and I see him firsthand of what he does at Mount Gambia in, in the NBL one. Ooh, did he give you and the business? He gave us a bit of business. We got hold of him. So it was a few good for us. You the business. Needs to, needs to, um, needs a little work on the free throws. Missed a few of those. Okay. But we know he, you love your free throws. But of course, but he though is, plays a role that, that prepares him for that next step. Yeah. When you're, when you're a role player with your NBL team and you're trying to make that next step, because it is cut, so cutthroat, the coach to give you the license to take that next step is a challenge. But when a coach sees you do that, albeit at a lower level, assume greater responsibility, be the man. And he is the man. He's got some nice pieces around him, but he is the man playing 35 to 40 minutes a game. Mm you feel more reassured to perhaps give him that opportunity when you see it at that level. So as, as a, as a message of encouragement to those that may be established in the mm. NBL, 
but to find a program at the NBL one level to give yourself a chance, particularly for some of those young guys, so younger you, guys that are out there. You're saying go back and get them up. Get them up. <laughs> Absolutely. And he gets them up. And the thing is he can shoot it, but he is a, he can get to the rim and he's got some bounce. It's not like he's, he's, yeah. he's, uh, he's better than sneaky hops, but there's hops there that, that can be bordering on explosive. So do you see then when you watch him at the NBL one level and what we've seen these last couple of seasons, do you guys see this star in the making that I'm talking about? I certainly see a scorer. Mm. I see a guy who could score at this level if given the opportunity. Um, he is flat out can get buckets and in a short amount of time. Um, I think last year there was potential there for him to give him, get him some more minutes mm -hmm. and give him some more opportunities. But with the, uh, the recruitment of Ian Clark, we kind of missed that window a little mm. bit. So, um, I think he's not far off, mate. I mean, we've seen it firsthand at Southeast Melbourne as well. He's come on and got buckets in a short amount of time. Um, yeah, look, he may be that guy. You know, I, I see him and I see a guy like J Jalen Galloway at uh, yeah. Sydney as being that that guy who could, given the right opportunity, mm -hmm. can be a double-figure scorer in the NBL. To the Illawarra Hawks, so I guess by virtue of finishing last on the ladder, it gives you the first chance to be proactive in the market, to get out there and to make changes. And one thing for the Hawks front office is that they made some moves pretty early in the piece. Um, this is a vastly lo different looking team to the one that we saw in NBL 23, Simon? Yeah, it's a nice football team they've got. They're about 18 <laughs> Blakes deep at the moment. <laughs> they just got to fill out the interchange bench right now. Um, look, it's a deep roster and at all spots. Um, look, last year was a write-off for the Hawks. There's really nothing positive to say from the standpoint that they were last in offense, uh, virtually last in, every, last in every statistical category, right down there from the other side of the ball as well. Um, injuries galore. There wasn't anything to take. Um, it was a horrid, horrid introduction for Jacob Jacobus as a head coach. And I felt for him all year long. Um, what he's got here is some toys to play with. I'm wrapped for him. Oh, I think this is a great opportunity for the people of Illawarra to get behind the Hawks team because I like what I see. There's depth at all positions. The only concern I have a little bit is maybe up front. I think they might need just another big body up front. But, um, geez, they, they've got some scoring out there and they've got some shooting. And there's a bloke in Gary Clark who is a bucket. And, and he reminds me, I've been watching some video of him this week, Drewy. You're not going to like it. Oh, dear. He reminds me of a bloke called Glenn Rice. Oh, dear. And you brought up Michigan a little <laughs> earlier. Senior. <laughs> senior. Yeah, very not, much not senior. senior. Okay. I haven't not been to the clubs right. in a long, long time, <laughs> so I can't tell you. There's a sigh of relief there. <laughs> but he does remind me of, you know, he's got mm. that ability to, to – he's got a size to – Bully someone down low if you've got a smaller player against him. Uh, he can take you off the dribble, and he's got it out in the perimeter pretty nice. And he can yeah. come off pin downs and catch and shoot. He's uh, going to be a handful, and he rebounds, which is what they need. They were a really poor rebounding team last year. He, go, he went for, I think, about eight a game last year. They're going to need that maybe a little extra. I reckon they came away from last. It was terrible. Three wins, as you said, bottom two in offense and defense. I thought they came out of that season with flying colors in terms of the way they battled. They showed through, some fight for sure. Yeah, yeah. What was a horrible situation. They and might they, very well have been the best three win team of all time. Well, yeah, yeah well, there's so well, not much competition. No, no. <laughs> but um, they just battled and they stuck together. And that was a big feather, I think, in Jacob Jacobus's sure. hat. The way he kept that group together and the way they played out that season. 
And I actually think it helped a lot in recruiting because I think people notice this type of stuff. And despite the fact that they weren't winning games, I think a lot of players thought that's an environment that I want to play in. And it's a coach that I want to play for. Um, there are some pieces here that people might be sleeping on a little bit about what kind of player they are and how they're going to contribute. And Gary Clark, I think is a really big one. I haven't watched as much tape as I think probably you guys have, but people keep telling me, Liam, like that was a really excellent signing by the Hawks. So if you're looking for like a DJ Hogue type of guy, like, oh, who's coming into the league that might have a yeah. really big impact? Lachlan Ulbrick. Oh, yeah. Oh, I mean, this guy is a... Stud. Oh, he's a potential future NBA player, and he's flying well under the radar as, a, as an off-season signing by these guys. And Huang Chung Lee as well is a knockdown marksman from long range, um, formerly at the NBA Global Academy in Canberra. Uh, was it Davidson? I yes, think he was yeah. at Davidson. Yep. And then a bit in mm. the G League as well. He can really knock it down. So you talk about the depth. I mean, you've got Dan Greeter and Wani Swakala Bullock and... AJ Johnson's going to come in and do some really fun stuff at the NBL level. Mason Peatling, lots of really fun pieces mm. for Jacob Jacomas to move around. No, exactly. I, I saw the... Um, uh, Huang Zhang. Huang Zhang. I, I love Davidson, and I love the way they coach. I love the way they play. A lot of shuffle action in what they do. Ooh. So I saw him play a bit, and, and he can really shoot the ball. Mm. And no slouch at getting to the rim either. He, he He's got that... You know, he's crafty on the way in which he can get there. So he could be a big find for them. Uh, the, the the issue from a coaching standpoint, you talk about Gary Clark, and I'm a bit like you, Liam, seen highlight reel. But honestly, me, I, I could make a highlight reel, not of when I was playing. Mm -hmm. I could make a highlight reel, reel, uh, uh, reel at 58 and look good on a highlight reel, <laughs> honestly. That's why it's called highlights. It's, so, it's not a lowlight so reel. Can we, can, we, can we see that? Yeah. Well, well, can we put in an official request <laughs> no, but to is. the NBL media team to get that done? Oh, and it'll look sharp. And it looked like and, even you'd look and go, I might be able to find a role for him. That's how good sponsored it. by some sort of seniors health insurance or something. Are you still draft too. eligible? So, so I, I haven't seen as, as much as Simon of him, but what I have seen is enough to say this guy yeah. uh, has some assets. But when you see him and the way he can shoot the ball, Tyler Harvey wants to shoot the ball. Justin Robinson, yeah, he's a smart player, can distribute, but also keen to shoot the ball. Uh, how that impacts on guys like Sam Froling, who had an outstanding uh, season last year. How do you incorporate that with Todd Blanchfield? Now, these are great challenges to have because mm. you've got a lot of people that can shoot the ball. Um, but finding the right role for them, getting to buy into the role, rebounding was an issue, potentially still could be an issue. Yeah, Still could be an issue. Uh, Mason Peatling, he's going to play some minutes here or there. He might be able to help out in that area. But there are still some question marks, but compared to what they were last year mm. to where they are now, it is a complete transformation. So question for everyone then to finish on the Hawks, should playoffs or at minimum play in be an expectation for this roster? Oh, geez, that's a, it's a it's such a tough one to answer because we don't see the completed rosters of other teams. So we don't know who they're compared to. They're, we don't know how healthy they're going to be. Like You cannot predict them losing, what, nine imports last year for yeah. the season? Like, yeah. it was ridiculous. Yep. Mm. So it's just, I don't know. I, I would I'd just like to see them to play the same, with the same vigor, same competitiveness. 
Um, I still think, as Drewy just pointed out, rebounding is going to be an issue. So if Sam Froling wants to get shots, hit the board, son. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I I have a bit of a man crush on on Lockie Albrick. I'm not. I'm going to declare it right now. He came into Southeast Melbourne uh, preseason last year and did some work with us. And the kid can go. He can just go. Middle of the floor, handle the ball, fine guys. You know, he's six nine, six ten. Um, he's got a bit of everything in him. And Ooh. I think his arousal levels are brilliant. Yeah, no, it was uh, yeah, no. He's <laughs> I, I think he's gonna bring personal but, time. But if he can focus <laughs> if he can focus on contributing to the rebounds um and on the boards, then yeah, I mean, maybe a play in is something Illawarra can aspire for. I think the answer to that question is a resounding yes. That is the expectation because this is a win now league. This is a this is a league where you can. There's no rebuild. The rebuild is the six months of the off season, and then you come in at the start of the season in an NBL looking to win the title, make the playoffs. And now that we're going a six deep out of ten in terms of the play in, yeah, you should have that type of expectation, especially if as an ownership group and a front office, you put together a roster that looks really nice like this. And one of the things I think they've done really well is they've used the different levers that you can pull in building your roster in the NBL to get talent in the mix within the salary cap. They've got a high level next star that can come in and bring a whole bunch of talent to your roster. They've got a special restricted player who has the potential to come in and be an impact guy in the NBL. And they've gone into the returning college player pool and found a high level talent in Lachlan Albrecht, who you get at a rookie level sort of price contract. You throw Bawali Bales in there as well as a DP coming off a a spot out of Sydney Kings. Now we don't know too much detail about what happened up there and why he's released. But again, you know, Justin Robinson coming off injury, Mm. um, a young guy in AJ Johnson and the emergence of Dave O'Hickey with Mm. this last year, it just adds depth to that spot in case they do incur some injuries again. Yeah. And it's what I think some really successful teams have done over the past sort of four or five years. You know, you think back to Sydney and that, that group they had, everyone's like, oh, they're way over the cap. Well, they had Dion Vasiljevic uh, uh, still on that rookie level deal. Um, they had, you know, they had Bawali Bowers as a as a uh, Indigenous player. They did some things like that. Melbourne United have done over a long period of time a, a good job of having DPS that are going to come in, like Mason Peatling was a starter on a championship winning team as a DP. Different levers that you can pull that I think Matt Campbell's used really well here. That'll see us out on this episode of The Marketplace. As always, thank you for being with us. Next time around, we talk about the Wildcats, the Phoenix, and the Cairns Taipans, this young and very interesting Taipans lineup that's been assembled. Don't forget, of course, you can hit us up on all of the NBL socials. We'll catch you next time on The Marketplace.